Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Yahoo Sports NBA Podcast. Hosted by Chris Mannix. From interviews. Let's bring in John Wall. He's Reggie Miller. And Eric Spolstra. To the latest NBA news. To insights you won't get anywhere else. Rioting is bad. You shouldn't riot. Past episodes of the podcast can be downloaded in the iTunes Store and Google Play. Why wouldn't you go back? Subscribe and leave a rating or comment. Here he is. Speaking of guys putting their foot in the road. Chris Mannix. Yes. Joining me on the podcast, full house here at uh, Yahoo. Brian Scalabrini, Michael Lee, Sham Sharania joining me here in studio. Fellas, what's happening? So so how does exactly does this work? Do you, Do you want to get paid extra again? Like no. last time you were on. You, you said the next time I go on the podcast, you're yeah. going to give me one of those sponsors. I did. And I said, I don't want the MeUndies sponsor. No, because we <laughs> talked about that. We said Woj reading that has totally screwed with our minds. <laughs> but I'll take, like, I can't get a Blue Apron or something like that. I, mean, I think I have a mattress company that's I need a new mattress. Now. All right. I mean, I mean, you guys should, we should all. Do you, do you have one of those Dion Waiters mattresses, like the 10-foot Nah, uh, come on, man. I'm a normal guy. <laughs> don't do, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, all right, fellas, thanks for joining me here, though. A um, couple of days now, less than two days before the, the trade deadline, and, and a few of the bigger stories out there. And, Shams, I want to start with you on Cleveland. Everybody wants to know. It just seems like an, an incredibly toxic environment right now. They're having bad team meetings. Isaiah Thomas is running his mouth about everything. They're giving up points in, in unbelievable uh, bunches. Uh, what, what's going on in that Cleveland front office right now? I think it's more so what's going on with the team. I think they're going through a lot of dysfunction, and a lot of that starts with, um, you know, they don't have the talent right now to really compete, and I think they're they're realizing that as years going on. They don't have the young guns that you need on the wing in the front court to really compete at a high level. Um, you know, a lot of the time, the last week, two weeks, it's been LeBron and then everyone else. Isaiah Thomas had a really hot start when he when he came back from his from his hip injury in uh, in early January and he's completely you know fallen off and that that was a little bit to be expected I think because he he went through a grueling seven and a half month rehab but you know they needed him to come back and be it and he has not been it and that's that's throwing the chemistry off they have a lot of guys on the bench that they can't play so um, I think. Uh, you know, they're going through a lot of chemistry issues, but also talent issues. Yeah, we know that, but what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Are they going to make a move? That's, that's what we want to know. We know that they're messed up. Everyone knows they're messed up. Like, my son's four. He, he knows they're messed up. But what are they going to do? You know what they're going to do. They're being active. Listen, they're being active. They've had issues finding out which direction they're going to go in over the last 48 hours or so. You know, they've... They've had serious questions in, within the front office. It's another non-answer answer. <laughs> but, but they are going to be aggressive. They are okay. looking at, at guys like Derek Favors and before okay, he got traded, Lou Williams. And DeAndre Jordan is their number one target. If they can somehow convince the Clippers to take on one of their bad contracts, whether it's J.R. Smith or Tristan Thompson, and give their own first, 
I mean, they would jump at that. They would love to complete a deal like that, but that's those scenarios just aren't in play right now. Let me ask you one other thing here, because you reported that LeBron will not waive his no-trade clause. Um, how would you characterize the relationship between LeBron and that team right now? I think it's, it's challenged because he looks around and... I mean, anyone of his stature. I mean, it's kind of like when Kobe was at the Lakers. You look around, you know, when they were going through those trying times, he's looking at the locker room. Man, I don't have the guns. I don't have the assets that we can actually go and compete. I think that's the way he's looked at it from an outsider's point of view. But he, what he's been steadfast in is I'm not get, letting go of my, my, my no-trade clause. I don't care if, if the owner, I don't care if the GM, I don't care if the coach, anyone in the, in the organization wants me to let it go. I'm staying here. I'm here for the long haul. And he said it last night right after the story ran, like, I'm staying here. I don't care about any external pressures. I'm finishing this year out as a Cavalier. I'm not going to have anyone try to force my hand. Um, and even though the last few days teams have, been, teams have been privately looking into the situation, and there were several teams that were, that were chomping at the bit if there was a potential of him declining his option, and people around him made it clear, listen, we're not get, letting go of the option no matter what, what is emanating out of parts of Cleveland. He wants the Brooklyn pick to be in play. Do you think the Brooklyn pick is in play coming into the deadline. I have not gotten that sense from talking to multiple teams that the Cavaliers have been engaged with. I've gotten the sense that it's completely off the table. That can change. I mean, they have a lot of pressure going into tomorrow. That can very well change, but people around the, around the situation just don't see that pick being part of any shift or any, any deal. All right, Scout. Um, looking at, looking at, looking at the, the drama that's gone on in Cleveland over the last... You know, a few months, really. Um, when people on the outside look at these team meetings that are blowing up and looking at, you know, players kind of finger pointing at each other, they look at it and say, well, that seems like a pretty big deal. Is, is everything that's gone on in Cleveland a big deal? Is it a bigger deal, I guess, than the things they've dealt with over the last couple of years? So I would say, yes, it's probably a big deal. They, they obviously don't like a good team right now. They still have LeBron. LeBron is not engaged in playing right now. As you as you watch him, but he does have the ability to flip the switch. They were awful in in March and April of last year. He flipped the switch, and he like I don't think he's going to run through the Eastern Conference like they did last year. But I could totally see them getting a, a favorable first round matchup and then playing basically four games in in the span of two weeks and getting all rested and rejuvenated. And next thing you know, these guys are back on track now. You know, maybe they're in a grueling first-round matchup. I, I just don't think it's as clear-cut as like this team is messed up and they're not going to be good. I'm, I'm, I don't know if they're. I, I can't. It's hard for me to imagine that in the playoffs. But you got, I got to see it before I go down that road. But Scal, they are getting hammered on these nationally televised games by bad teams too. Like maybe not the Orlando game recently. I mean, every time they play Orlando, they're getting blitzed for like a buck fifteen, buck twenty every single night. I mean, I, I, I'm a believer that there's a switch that you can flip that makes you play harder, that makes you inherently better. When I talk to coaches about the Cavs, it's they're not playing hard in transition defense. No. They're basically giving up on pick and rolls. I understand that 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 you can play harder and, and, and games are stretched out, spaced out a little bit more in the postseason, that you get better, but I don't see it getting so much better that it, it closes the gap that they've created there. I mean, they've created such a gap between themselves and, and top-tier teams that I don't see how they close it. I mean, to me, it's like this, Chris. If we go out there and play hoops right now and I'm coasting through three quarters and you have 25 points on me and all of a sudden then I want to flip the switch and turn and, and try to stop you, it's hard. Yes, but I'm but, terrible and you're really yeah, good. But what, like these I, other teams. but what if I got like right into your airspace right from the beginning like it was the playoffs and I like didn't let you breathe and next thing you know, you're like, man, I can't believe. Like When you see players that play against LeBron – I'm not going to say there's fear because I don't want NBA players to be all, you know, get all upset that I think there's fear in their eyes. But there's fear in the eyes of NBA players when LeBron's coming down in transition. They bounce off him. He powers through him. Then they walk to the free throw line, and there's like this, this, like this amazement, like a disbelief. I, I can't believe what I just felt. I, I tried to tackle him, and he threw me to the ground. And that's where the psychological advantage kicks in. Maybe he's not capable of, of taking his game to a new level. I do know this. With the rest, of, If he plays hard, the rest of his team plays hard. If he coasts, the rest of his team coasts. And he's been coasting all year long. I, I think the problem is I don't think he realized how much the Warriors would mess up his entire world. 
I mean, and then when you add KD to completely mess it up, like when he went to Cleveland, he had visions of being there for his entire career, rest of his career, I believe. I think he went there intent on building another super team, winning championships, restoring glory to Cleveland that had never been there before. The Warriors completely flipped the script. They, they, they messed it all up. They came out of nowhere. No one saw the Warriors coming. And then when Kevin Durant went there, that meant that his quest of trying to get championships, trying to match Michael, whatever it was that he's after, that's over. Yeah. You know, and I think that in his mind, he's looking around trying to figure out what can I do? Because he's chasing Michael's ghost. He wants to go down as the GOAT. And pe- he knows that the argument always going to come down to how many championships do you have? And so when he looks at this team right now, and he sees a team that has no chance of winning a championship. He sees the Warriors only getting better. Katie's getting better. Katie's been coming after him for a long time, and he's known it for a long time. From the time they met in the finals with Oklahoma City and Miami, he knows that Katie's going to be the guy. He joined the team that just blew up his entire plans, and now he's stuck. You got to look at Cleveland. Right now, he's become a free agent this year. Where does he go? What options does he have? other than staying in Cleveland right now. He can't go to the Lakers. They've already said they're not going to trace LeBron. And LeBron's not going to the Lakers because he's not going to win there. Where does he go? Philly. Does he go to Houston? Philly. Does he go to Philly? But are those teams really going to put him closer to beating Golden State? Because it's not just about being a playoff team or being a contender. It's about winning a championship. And to win a championship, he has to beat the Warriors. He has to beat KD. He has to beat the team that has taken him out two of the last three times he's gone to the finals and probably would have beaten him three years in a row if not for a suspension and not for um, uh, um, Steph Curry coming from a knee injury. So the Warriors have really blown up his spot in a way that I don't think anybody could imagine. Well, the one reason I think that Philly is a realistic possibility is that because you add LeBron to that mix, and I think right away next season they're an Eastern Conference contender. Um, and as LeBron starts to age a little bit, he doesn't have to, maybe doesn't have to be – the great LeBron James on that team because you're probably going to have the great Joel Embiid. You, you may have, uh, you know, the great Markel Fultz. Who knows what, what happens with him? No, no, we know. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not the great. Maybe, maybe not the great. Get rid of the yips. But no, you've got you've got Ben Simmons who is yeah. a, a superstar he in is, the making, and, and you all of a sudden you become a destination uh, place for those free agents that might be looking to chase a ring. So I can see. You know, LeBron may be playing the long game with the 76ers. Look, he's not going to retire anytime soon. And if he wants to maybe outlast, you know, uh, outlast Golden State, I mean, that Sixers team, you know, assuming they pay the money to keep that group together, uh, they have the ability to, you know, wait for Golden State to age a little bit and be the team that, that succeeds them later on. He goes there, they better than Boston? Uh, depending on what Boston does, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're probably better than Boston with LeBron. Um, if LeBron is about winning, then he will. If, if he really is, like let's say Golden State is like crushing him right now, and, and he's and he's about winning, then you got to have conversations with San Antonio. You got to have conversations like go team up with Kawhi Leonard and see if you can beat him. Conversations with Milwaukee. Go see if you can go there and beat. You know, like add it. Go to Philly, or, or even another one which we just saw him last night. Toronto. Go to Toronto then if that's what you're about. I mean, there's there are some teams that you can go to. That are really good. Go to Washington. I mean, there are some good teams out there that you can make the difference. But is he about winning? But who? And how do you define winning? Like he wants well, winning he championships. Wants, saying, no, 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 no. I'm saying, does it mean he has to sacrifice being a max player? Does he take a, a leave twenty five million on the table to go to Washington? Leave. You know, I mean, well, I mean if you, Kevin if, Durant did it. Kevin, Kevin Durant, Durant didn't leave that much money. He left, Kevin Durant, he left ten million. He left Kevin Durant 10 left ten million on the table this year to sign Iguodala and Livingston. Yes, he did. So if it's about winning, I mean, Kevin Durant's going to get paid. And LeBron's older, so I, I understand that. But I, listen, at the end of the day, this is his mess. I, I thought it was great. He, he thought that he was going to go there, and I got to beat the San Antonio Spurs. That's yeah. what he thought when he went there. He yeah. just came off the finals. The Spurs beat them. Remember that year, Kevin Love had like a 46-20 and 20 against the Spurs, and I think he, they, they ended up beating him. So he said, like, Kevin Love is the guy I need. He's the guy that can beat the Spurs. But the Warrior thing did mess him up. Kevin Durant did mess him up. But I don't know if it's at this point about that. I think it's about getting through this season and, and trying to make see if he can make anything of what 
they have left. I don't think he's tapped out yeah. on this season. And I, I think for him, he's, he's in a tough spot, too, because, you know, Cleveland's mess screwed up royally last summer. When you look at what happened with, um, you know, David Griffin not bringing him back, but then deciding to trade Kyrie Irving. But when they decided to trade Kyrie Irving, that meant they were going all in on LeBron, at least probably to him. Because you give up your future, you're saying these four years of LeBron are the most important four years in this franchise's history. We have to commit ourselves to making sure we maximize all that LeBron brings us. So in his mind, that Brooklyn pick means nothing. That Brooklyn pick means we use this pick to get another player to make my last season here worthwhile. And if it even goes even greater, I'm signing, I'm staying, and I have a chance to win more championships here. So when he looks at that Brooklyn pick and their refusal to give it up, he's looking at them saying, what are we doing here? You gave up Kyrie Irving. You gave up an explosive, you know, dynamic player who I can, who's already proven I can win a championship with him. You gave him up. You brought back these other pieces. You told me that this is what's going to win with. I'm going to win with this. And then you decide, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, we got these guys, but we're not going to go all the way in. If you're not going to go all the way in, you don't trade Kyrie. So I can understand. Kyrie didn't want to be there. No, I know that. He didn't want to go through this this dog and pony show, the LeBron James, everywhere he goes, all the drama. He's still the contract. Kyrie's like, you know what? I don't want to go through what what the Cavs are going through right now. I understand that, yeah. I, I, who wants to? Like Kevin Love would say the exact same thing, but he just doesn't. But he didn't want to. I mean, who wants to play on this team now? You and, okay? J.R. Smith. I won a championship. I'm gonna take you as a starting lineup because I'm signing peanut butter and, or jelly or whoever he is, right? <laughs> like Tristan Thompson. Like that was his boy. I, he says, he, I, does any of these guys want to play with LeBron anymore? LeBron went from the greatest teammate ever. Everybody in Miami. Oh, I love LeBron. To what? Like none of these guys want to play with him anymore. Yeah, and I think one thing you got to look at, too, is that last year in Miami when uh, they lost to the Spurs and they got basically five games swept almost, you got to look at that. that. His free agency had to be even greater distraction than we were ever let on. You know, you got to give the Heat credit, that Heat culture. They kept any possible problems uh, under wraps because just of Pat Riley and everything else. And now everything's just being exposed. But I, I wonder what kind of problems were in place in Miami that last year because – it's tough if you're trying to commit to winning and you don't know if your guy is going to be there long term. And I think for these guys, they've saw what happened. They've seen LeBron move on, and I think it's it's tough to commit. Michael, some of the stuff I'm reading, I I don't I don't know, man. If you're a writer and you're getting all this information from LeBron and you put this stuff out there, like LeBron wasn't consulted <laughs> about the guy, like. Are you like just just is your relationship with LeBron? And I'm not saying you. I'm saying yeah, you, you as a writer. You're representing writers. Is your relationship with LeBron that much that you would think that the public is stupid? Like that LeBron was just hanging out on a yacht, and next thing you know, Kyrie got <laughs> traded. Like you didn't know, but you knew you wanted to trade him for Paul George, but you weren't consulted with this one. Like it, it insults the intelligence of people who follow basketball, and you got to deal with that too. Like, would you write an article like that because LeBron told you to do that? So that's why I look at Kyrie and say, when I came to New York and watched the Cavs play the Knicks, and I was in town to cover the the seas for Brooklyn, right? I'm at this game. And every one of the Cavs beat writers, they came up to me and told me how bad of a person Kyrie is. (laughs) And so I go, that's interesting. He's been real cool to me. I, I, I know he's like, Weird with the flat earth thing and everything like that. But, like, you went out of your way to tell me that. What is this? Like, like is this like, a, like an executive order? Whatever LeBron says, <laughs> you have to follow suit? I, it's embarrassing for some of these guys to write these articles. Just say what it is. No one, no one comes out. When, when Dwayne Wade goes there, it's all about how great it is for LeBron and his boy to drink wine after training camp. <laughs> but no one talks about cutting Richard Jefferson or J.R. Smith getting taken out of the starting lineup. It's like a facade. Yeah, well, I, I mean, in fairness to the, the guys that cover the team, I, I, I don't know what their relationship was like with Kyrie. I mean, I know that there were incidents where he was difficult um, for them to deal with. I know they, they bumped heads with him on, on numerous occasions. Who knows? Maybe it was because he was frustrated that LeBron got all yeah. the attention. Um, but I, I know that they, they, they talk to both sides. They, they, get, they get perspective from everywhere, and then they get to determine their own truth, and I think – that's sort of what's happening. But, um, but I, I don't want to say that they're just taking whatever LeBron gives them. Um, I think they, they, they take the next step and try to really flesh out you know, the whole story. Um, that's just in defense of the guys that cover the team because I know that they, they're not just 
LeBron's uh, mouthpiece in a lot of ways. All right, before we move on from Cleveland, one of the wild cards, if they don't make a big deal, look, I'm of the opinion that they, they, they probably can make either a George Hill deal or a comparable type of deal that brings in a backcourt guy. I was reporting early in the week that, um, you know, that, that the, the Cavs were trying to make Sacramento swallow the shitburger that is the, you know, J.R. Smith and uh, Iman Shumper contracts the podcast, Mike. You can say a few things. Here. Oh, whoa. Um, the, HBO. They, they were trying to even swallow that. Sacramento's not going to do that, but I think Sacramento's motivated to deal George Hill uh, to Cleveland. But the wild card, if they only make a nominal change, scales Isaiah Thomas. And where mm. Isaiah is now, how much better do you think he's going to get in March, in April? What kind of player, what kind of asset is he going to be to the Cavaliers when it comes playoff time? I have no idea. This is like this. But hit. you've been a believer for a while I'm that a, he was going to. Yeah, to but turn I the like corner. assume. So it's the NBA is a fine line between being good to great, great to All Star, All Star, Hall of Famer. It's all these like small little like jumps, right? And I don't know if like, if he can't create separation the way he did in Boston, then it's going to be tough for him to be the type of player he wants to be now. Is that there's like there's two avenues? Is it LeBron? Is it the culture there? Was it just Brad Stevens? Like as as you know the stuff that position that he put him in, or is it just like Isaiah doesn't like, lacks a little bit of explosiveness because of the hip injury? Like when I watch, he's not the same player. I don't know why he's not the same player. There, I know it could be A, B, or C. I'm just not sure which one it is. But I I will say this: if it's culture, you can change that. If it's hip. You, and it's and let's say this is it for the hip. This is what we're seeing, and that's not going to change. Yeah, I think that's that's a big question mark for them. And and look, defensively, he he's just getting attacked every single time down. I mean, it's yeah. it's it, I mean, it's he, he's, teams he's, are telling me like we target him like that's and I don't know if it, it probably was the same in Boston. They maybe just did a better job of hiding him in in certain situations. But you know, he he's dying on pick and rolls. He's you know, it doesn't seem like he's giving maximum effort in that end of the floor every time down. Maybe it is the hip. Maybe it's his his his, his wind. But he just doesn't seem like like he can defend anywhere near an average level. I, I just see a guy who was already a poor defender who now has no lateral movement, and that's just a bad combination. You know, he's already little. Teams want to attack him as it is. Um, and he just can't he can't bring it. I wonder if he should even be playing. You know, I think if he had probably had another year on his deal. I doubt if he's even on the floor right now. I think he's rehabbing. He probably even has surgery in the offseason because he knows that um, he can miss it, miss it. But the fact that he's in the last year of his deal, he had put so much in the Celtics, I think in his mind he was going to be there. And to get traded, that just messed him up. And then he had to come out and play. And he's had to play now because when you make bring truck statements, you got to hope that that happens for you. That's not happening for him. And I think – it's sort of like he's doubling down on it by playing now because he has no choice. But I think if he had another year on his deal, he had some security, he wouldn't even be out there. And that's sort of the messed up thing. And I think his teammates even recognize it. And the other thing, too, I think that he's confronting is that in Boston, he was the guy. He was the guy that everybody looked to. He's the guy that everybody trusted to get things done. And when he got traded there, he sort of had to keep that mentality that I am the guy. But guys in Cleveland are like, hold up, man. LeBron's the guy. Kevin Love's the second guy. Dwayne Wade's got rings, so he's another guy. You ain't the guy. And you can't come in and start, you know, popping off about guys not playing D, the guys not giving effort, when you have no equity with the, with the program. If you yeah. haven't invested in, in enough to say anything, you need to just kind of st- stay in the background and just say, hey, guys, I don't know enough to really comment, so I'm going to let these other guys, I'm going to defer to these other guys. I think they would have respected it a lot more if he didn't come in acting like he was already a part of the show. You got to see, well, we had a – team meetings, right? And obviously, as a media guy, I'm like crazy opinionated. Even stuff I don't care about, I act like I care, right? <laughs> but we have the team meetings, right? And it goes around the room. And it is like nine people say, like, like what are you, you shouldn't even be talking. It comes to me at every time, the, the same words, I ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't understand. I've been a part of all these team meetings, locker room only, like, like, no one, once in a while, you'll get something productive. By once in a while, it's like a Hail Mary, right? <laughs> but every time it came to me, like, Rondo called me out one time and he was like, Come on, Scal, I know you got something to say. I go, Nope, I ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> keep it moving, man. Sometimes Just you gotta know moving. your place. You know but, your place. You but, can't... but you gotta remember, Isaiah was top five in MVP voting last year. Yeah. He was the guy, he was the leader of the locker room. He would call guys out. And, 
in Boston, I don't know if they all liked it. You know, like, like this is a different generation now. They, like, these new players don't want to be called out. They nope. just want to go out there and play and everything is Have fine. Yep. But it's not. So when Isaiah calls guys out, they're, they're going to look at him like, who the hell are you? That's just how it is. Yeah, if it went down like he's calling out Kevin Love in there in the team meeting and, and you know, questioning whether he's sick. I'm sure guys are kind of like, what in the yeah. world? Like, yeah. are you serious? Like, this is our second best player? All right, let me, um, let me move on to Boston. This is where I should note for podcast listeners that we've lost Shams. He has disappeared into the world of cell phones. <laughs> he is not able to contribute to All he does is check Twitter. Yes. No, like, he's, all, he's working. He, uh, what do you mean he's working? He's Why? working. He's how, text is, how is text messaging people working? Well, you text messaging agents, yeah. executives. That's what I mean. That's what I've done That's twice work? in the last half an hour. Yeah. yeah so. so what do you do? Hey, how's it going? Anything going on? check in. You check in. Yeah, something like that. What you hearing? Along those lines. All right, all right. I'm so glad I'm not in that business. Scout, we can we can open up the discussion on Boston too because you know both of us are around that team uh, a lot. The Celtics they made one of their big moves already. They got Greg Monroe and he hasn't played yet for the team, but I look at that as being a pretty significant upgrade. Um, somebody that can be an extra big body out there, maybe anchor a second unit offensively. We can debate how significant a uh, player he is for them, but I, it, it's a good move for the Celtics to get a Greg Monroe for nothing. Now the question becomes. What do they do with some of their assets? Do they make a deal to go and get a player giving up a significant asset? We know that they've been dangling Marcus Smart in trade talks. Uh, Marcus is entering, or is in the last year of his contract. He's looking for more money um, this offseason. The Celtics have had Terry Rozier emerge as a player. Um, you know, We know they have had their eye on Tyreek Evans. Do you think the Celtics give up something to get maybe someone that could be a rental like Evans for the rest of the season? So give up a first-round pick. When you say something, you don't mean a second, right? No, I mean, I think seconds they give up. I think yeah, if, okay. you know, seconds well, they I just part. want to make sure that we're yeah. being clear. So do I think they give up a first-round pick to get somebody like a Tyreek Evans? Yeah. So I don't know how, like, informative it, your, your, your listeners are. but Very informative. Very informative. So if, if Tyreek Evans had bird rights, I think they might think about it. But I don't think they will for a three-month rental. First of all, Tyreek Evans is making $3 bucks. Like, he's better than that. So no matter what, you got to go into your cap to pay him. They, they don't have the space to keep him. So I don't see him get, getting rid of what I consider, and I hope, like, the union doesn't get mad at me for calling him cheap labor. But in reality of the NBA, this is what this is, right? I don't think they get give up cheap labor for a guy for three months. I don't think they make that move. If they give up Marcus Smart... I could see him trying to reload. Remember, Marcus Smart's a lottery pick. I could see him trying to get a first-round pick. And the only reason why they would be doing that is to, like, to prolong the idea of cheap labor once again. You're going to do that. You want to have guys at lineup now. Also, with that cheap labor, those could turn into a blockbuster. And really, at the end of the day, there's only one blockbuster that they would be targeting, which would be <laughs> Anthony Davis. So like Tyreek for three months or like the difference between getting Anthony Davis down to, down later on down the road or not, I think they're going to continue to play the long game. You know who would give up a first-round pick, Mike? Bobby Marks. Bobby Marks would give up a first-round pick. What is your deal with that? (laughs) Sorry, I had to sneak that in there just in case Bobby's listening and I could get one more (laughs) Nets pick dig. That's what, like, like, so... I know it wasn't, and, and to be and just to be clear, it yeah. wasn't Bobby that made the. No, decision, it was right? not Bobby. Okay, it's fun too. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Sure. It's fun. I'm actually, and I've told Bobby this. I'm rooting for that Nets pick to make its way to the West Coast, so Bobby could help teams across the country. It could be like he could just be the gift that <laughs> keeps on giving. But that that Nets trade like destroyed every like general manager's rebuild for the next 50 years. Yes. How are the Celtics able to do take this and turn it into that? If you start looking at that Brooklyn trade, it's not it doesn't stop there. It continues. Like they got they got like uh, a trade exception that they moved for Tyler Zeller and in that Tyler Zeller absorption they got Cleveland's first because they had to make room for LeBron. That first turned into Isaiah, which later on turned into Kyrie and like <laughs> that, that Brooklyn, it never stops giving. It continues to give over and over and over again. But teams are trying to rebuild on the fly without having that. Yeah. It's like, of course, they – now, don't get me wrong. They had to make the right picks and get the right free agents and all that stuff. But, of course, their rebuild took a historic 
three years from the bottom to the top. Yeah. They had those Brooklyn picks if and I, everything that came from that. If I'm looking at my phone, I'm a GM, and Danny Ainge on the other line, I'm not answering. Oh, how? I mean, we're we're about how bad was that we're Philly trade? about to get trade? swindled. If, oh, if, man. If Philly, right now, right now, if Philly had Simmons, Tatum, Tatum and Embiid, LeBron would not be thinking about going there? Oh, he'd be there. I mean, just think about it. If they had – the think about that size. Yeah. Simmons at the one. Tatum would be great playing alongside Simmons too. Just be, the, the score the alongside the yeah, playmaker, like, yeah. he'd be great. Like how bad – and not only that, and they gave up the pick? And they and gave they up gave the a pick? pick? Yeah, like I, I was – I never understood the fit with Fultz in the first place. I mean, just, just because he, get, he needs the ball in his hands. I know he's trying to play off the ball, but – that's a tough adjustment when you've gone from being the guy who controls it and then you got another guy who says, I control it. And that's a tough position. I don't even know if he comes back, how they're going to work it out. That, I, and that caused him to get the yips. Yeah. He's thinking about playing off the ball and then mess his jumper up. Yeah. The guy shot 40% in college. I, I, that's a whole nother. But, yeah, that is. That's but the Celtics, stuff. to me, they do nothing unless they, they're, they're, they're trying to accumulate another first rounder. And that would be because they figure they can't sign Marcus Smart back, or the emergence of Terry Rozier has forced them to say, like, well, this is – Terry's not up for another year after that, so you're, like, prolonging the inevitable once again. All right, before we move on, Scal, I'm going to help you out here with uh, somebody that's going to hook you up, I hope, with uh, a new mattress, our friends over at Mattress Firm. Uh, everyone knows how important stretching is before an event. So does Mattress Firm, except they stretch your dollar. Your budget stretches further when you're shopping in America's neighborhood mattress store. It's a true home run. You like that? And you'll have a ball like that, too. They're the head coach when it comes to mattress expertise. But know this, they are more than mattress experts. They have a game plan that helps you transform your mattress into a bed from adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor. They have, they have you literally and figuratively covered up like your favorite cornerback. Go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast, see what deals are happening. As I read this sentence to you, they even offer you a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection, 120-night low-price guarantee, so you know... So you know you paid the perfect price. Talk Wait, about you got to give it back. You don't have to give it back. And what do they do with those old ass mattresses? I don't know. But that's a good question. <laughs> I will ask them before I get make them give you a mattress. I don't so, want the old ass mattress. <laughs> that one. Score big with a perfect bed. Head to mattressfirm.com/podcast to get the play-by-play on how you can monumentally improve your sleep today, tonight, tomorrow. It is the official mattress someday of Brian Scalabrini. Man. How come you didn't have a hockey reference in there? I don't know. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll get it next time. All right. How are you like a cornerback, not like the Patriots cornerback? <laughs> well, maybe the one that didn't play. Actually, that's the, that's the problem. Good point. All right, so we talked about the two big fish out there in the Eastern Conference, Boston and Cleveland. Um, give me a team that you think needs to make a deal uh, before the deadline, for whatever reason. Give me a team that you, you like to, to make a deal here. I'm, I'm, I'm Go going Oklahoma City uh, just because I think that losing Robertson is – a huge um, loss for them um, because he Avery Bradley would look good. In he Oklahoma brought City. so much to them defensively. He brought so much to them. Uh, he obviously he's has problems with deficiency with his shot, and that could could come to, back to haunt him in the playoffs. But just the fact that you would have had Russ and Robertson in a playoff series, you could throw him. Houston, you got two guys that could shut it down. Golden State, you got two guys that could really uh, create problems. And I just think that his absence is going to be something they have to compensate for at some point. And I think, you know, Paul and, and Russ have proven that they can play together. Carmelo's been accommodating in, with his role and, and taking a back seat, even to Steven Adams. I think you can just find the right pieces around that group and go from there. And I think you're right. Avery Bradley will look good in, a, in that uniform because of what he can bring defensively and maybe if he can rediscover his shot. Um, but I just think overall, if OKC can find another perimeter defender, a veteran guy um, who can help them um, on the defensive end. Because if you're going to try to win in the West, you're going to try to beat Houston, you're going to try to beat Golden State, you got to have wing defenders, and you can't just put it all on Paul George because he's going to have to do some heavy lifting on the offensive end too. Oklahoma City, from what I'm told, is is being very opportunistic. They, they have done all the research on the Bradleys, the Jonathan Simmons, Hood. Hood, pretty much every wing player out there they've done a lot of research on. But they're in a tough spot because they're limited in terms of their assets. They don't have a first-round pick to deal uh, this year. Um, they, they don't have a lot of guys that are all that appealing outside of their core players. So they're in a tough spot. I think what Oklahoma City is waiting for is to see if one of these teams that is dangling 
um, a, a wing player is going to blink and say, all right, we'll, we'll take, you know, just whatever you can give us. If we want to move this guy. We want to get something back in return, and we'll take whatever you can get. If that happens, I think Oklahoma City can steal someone. But if, if teams are holding firm on a significant asset, I think Oklahoma City is going to get left out in all this. And I'm with you with the buyout market. I think people are more geared up towards that. Yeah, that's something we, we haven't discussed that discussed it in the podcast, but the buyout market is widely believed from a lot of GMs out there to potentially be pretty robust because there are teams that are going to try to tank. Like there, I mean, look, we've made all these rules, right? Like against tanking, you can't rest guys on certain days. Um, we're changing the lottery system next year. There's no rule just cutting guys. Like there's no rule <laughs> on saying like, you know what? Uh, let's use the Knicks for an example. Like with Joe Kim Noah, Courtney Lee. Like these guys might help us win a few games. Now that Porzingis is down, we don't want to win any games. Yeah. So we're just going to let guys go. I think there's could be an influx of talent on the market from these bottom feeding teams that that uh, that don't that don't want to win, and that could. That, and I know that's in the minds of a lot of executives out there talking trade right now. Yeah. So then the thing about if, if you're in the buyout market, Oklahoma City's got to be attractive, right? Because it's like what you're going there for a couple months. Yeah. You already got you get a chance to play with Russell Westbrook, see what he's all about. Obviously, Paul George, Carmelo, all those guys. So. I can see that being interesting. You know, I, I you always throw Cleveland in there, but I don't know about Cleveland this year. Boston will be an interesting one as well. Maybe you think, well, they need some offense. I can provide that. So just I think the buyout market is going to be probably a funner market. And the simple fact that you don't have to give up anything. You know, Tyreek Evans is really good. A first round pick for Tyreek Evans for three months. What if there's like a guy that's just like for the Boston Celtics, his his marginally better than a guy in the buyout, and that's worth a first round draft pick for. Yeah. So I can see the buyout market being what we're really talking about. And most of the time, it comes down to recruiting. It's not necessarily because everyone's probably tapped out or you know with their salaries. It's always a bunch of minimum deals. Yeah. But in this situation, except Miami does have their disabled player from Dion Waiters, it, it's, it's going to come down to trying to sell what you already got going. And I think there's some teams out there that are really looking to make a move. Houston would be another one. That, 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 a, a team that can really say, all right, I might want to be on a team and go deep into playoffs. I might help my value next year in the open market. So trade deadline's nice. Might, might be a big blockbuster trade, but I don't think like little tiny additions. Buyout market is going to be interesting. Um, Scal, one of the teams you were talking about earlier in the day in, in terms of, of making a deal is Washington. And, yeah. and the Wizards are in a tough spot. There, there's some rumblings I'm hearing out there that the Wizards, uh, you know, that there might be a Gortat Ubre sort of situation for DeAndre Jordan that could be discussed. I mean, the, the Clippers, they have long said they don't want to bottom out. Um, Gortat is a talented guy, bit of a pain in the ass at times, but he's... He's sort of got a little back and forth with John Wall. Yeah, right and that may have may have sort of poisoned the well a little bit more. Oubre's a talented guy, but you got to give something to get something. So uh, I think that's that's something. But you would brought up John Wall um, in some of the videos we're doing here over at Yahoo. What, what would you do in the situation with the John Wall? If I could get... Like, the thing that really makes sense to me is like a, like Chicago, for instance. If that's a major superstar. Now, I'm not, I, I don't know if Washington would. I just think Washington's capped out. And I don't know how good that team is. And I'm, I'm all for winning. But to be completely capped out and next thing you know, you, you're a second-round exit or a first-round exit, I don't think that's a good place to be. If you're capped out and you believe you can win a championship, I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm fine with that. I'm fine going into the tax, whatever you need to do. But like, is it feasible for Washington to look at Chicago and say, "We'll take Chris Dunn and your pick this year"? Is that feasible? Like, is that a is that a decent trade? Is that a decent haul for a John Wall at two hundred fourteen million with a bunch of injury history? You said he hasn't been healthy this year. He also wasn't healthy the year before. Wouldn't that scare you though? And he wasn't healthy the year before. He wasn't healthy the year before. So, <laughs> well, then why would somebody t- – I mean, look. Well, I don't know. Maybe, Mike, you, but you see, can, maybe people need that superstar. You can weigh, Mike, you can weigh in on that because I know you disagree with Scal on that one. Yeah. But if I'm a team looking at John Wall, I look at all the knee injuries. I look at a contract that's eventually going to play him close to $40 million, which gobbles up a huge amount of your cap space. Yeah. I don't know that I'd give up real assets right now for a John Wall. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even – it wouldn't even be anything worth exploring. You mentioned that, you know, that you'd be capped out – um, that's going to be half the league now. I mean, just the way 
everyone went crazy uh, 2016. This just, summer is going to be a lot of free agents looking around going, where's my yeah, money? Yeah, everybody, 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 <laughs> everybody had money to blow and they blew it, you know, um, you know, with a bunch of guys. But that's part of the union's fault Yeah, for not curbing if they had just, it if they had, and dispersing yeah, if they had it throughout. Done that, that's I think part, we'd be in a much just, better situation. It's on them as much as it is. You know, oh, these teams. I'm with you. Yeah, because like Myers Leonard got like forty Everybody million dollars, and Marcus paid. Smart and other guys looking around going, "Where's, where's my payday?" Paid. Yeah. And and I think that you know now teams are going to have to pay the price because before you know it'd always be like three, maybe four teams that paid the luxury tax. And that's right, usually the teams that are really chasing a championship. Now you're going to be in a situation where what, like 14, 15 teams, half the league probably is going to wind up paying the tax. I mean, everybody is spending money, so um, that's sort of just with the cost of doing business now. And I think if you're the Wizards and, you know, it's a tough spot because, you know, Ted Leonsis has never paid a luxury tax. He's going to pay it this year. Um, and it's a situation that he was willing to do because, again, they made it to game seven of the semifinals. He thought that they were going to make that leap. They haven't made that leap. And you're right, John Wall has been hurt. But um, I just think that they see a lot more value in him. And there's one of the reasons why they gave him that extension is because they've always... Like, John is like a different type of player for them in what he's represented for that franchise because the Wizards, this franchise, Bullets, whatever, last 40 years, it has been dreadful, dreadful what that franchise is. Now, um, and I think this rebuild that they went through just to get to this point, it's, it's brought, it's bare fruit. You got a five-time all-star in point guard. You got an all-star in, in Bradley Bills, a shooting guard. So you've you've had some benefits to that. And I think that, you know, if you look at it where they can go, they're still young. And from talking to guys in the organization, they believe in their core. They have a lot of confidence that the young guys that they have are only going to get better. They feel like, you know, Thomas Aransky, he's getting opportunity now without John Wall. They feel like he has a huge upside. He's starting to show that he can play and be a contributor whenever John gets back. Obviously, they have a lot more confidence in Otto, but he's been banged up with the hip. Um, they like Markeith Morris, even though he's close to 28 or so. They still feel like he's a part of their core. So they like the core that they have. They do. Even when John went down, they were not like aggressively trying to find help or to do anything else because they believe that what they have could still um, compete. And I think that if you make those investments, you're not the Clippers. <laughs> if you make these investments in the summer, you know, you got to kind of see it through. You got to see it through. If they go through this season and they get wiped out in the first round, then I think, yeah, I think you start exploring things. But you really don't know how the East is shaking up. You don't know how things are going to turn out. Cleveland may bottom out this year. They may not be the team that, that can't take them out. And I think if you're Washington, you're not looking at Boston and saying, man, we got no chance against them. You're not looking at Toronto and saying, man, we got no chance against them. I think if they're fully healthy and going into the postseason, they feel like they have a legitimate shot against everybody. So if you blow it up, you don't even get a chance to see it all the way through, and I think that's sort of the position they're in. All right, before I get to the Clippers, I want to finish with them. Uh, Scott, I know you're always trying to buy more property. That's kind of your thing, right? I do like property. You, like property. you know that, or you just made that up? I just made that up. <laughs> Good. I'm trying to transition this into what I'm about to read here. Support for the Yahoo Sports NBA podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Mannix, equal housing lender, license in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. See, I'm helping you out. Man, there. Yeah, but just to be clear, if you have 10 homes... You probably aren't going to get qualified, right? <laughs> that's that's a probability, yes. If you, but if you're if you're if it is your tenth home and you're selling a house, then you're looking good. Yes. But don't buy ten homes. No, no, that's that, didn't they? We learned that in the Big Short. Like that was kind of the the yeah. motto. <laughs> that's all I thought about. When you, if your first or your tenth, as long as it's not ten. Yeah. All right. Let me finish with the Clippers, who are the other team that everyone's kind of circling out there as we head to the deadline. The Clippers just. 
extended Lou Williams, taking him off the market. That's somebody a lot of teams had their eye on, were inquiring about. Teams that have called the Clippers have been told back by them that, look, if we don't get what we want for Lou Williams or DeAndre Jordan, we're keeping them. Now, some teams have said we don't believe them. We believe that Thursday, 2.30 Eastern, they're going to make some kind of deal. But they pulled back on Lou Williams. They extended him. Now you have DeAndre Jordan, and Jordan can opt out of his contract at the end of the year. He'd leave about $25 bucks on the table. But my question, Scal, is now that Blake Griffin is gone and Lou Williams is going to be around and, and they're trying to rebuild with what they hope is a Pistons lottery pick, though the Pistons have been playing good basketball uh, as of late, uh, is DeAndre Jordan the type of guy, 29 years old, be 30 next season, is he the type of guy that you commit long-term money to? Um, I would give, I would give him three years. I give him three years, anywhere between twenty five and thirty million dollars. Really? Okay. Yeah, like uh-huh. I think, no matter what, a guy rolling to the basket causes you to have to collapse. You can still throw the ball up, and he can catch lobs. So he, he's like a lot of people say, he can't score on the block. I don't know if I care about that as much nowadays. I care about what he does to the defense on the when he dives to the basket. You have to come in. You got to bump him, which opens up three point shooting. I. I would be fine with DeAndre Jordan being part of my rebuild. He doesn't seem like a like a demonstrative uh, like attitude. He's not like, he, like you know, he's not like he, not he can, like he can be loud. He, he's a guy that can get on his teammates on the floor. He, he definitely can. Oh, All I remember is Chris Paul yelling at him. It went back and forth. <laughs> I always thought DeAndre Jordan was like. A, no, he's not a bad guy in any way. Out no, there, he, he's, a, he's a great guy. He's but he's. Really competitive, and he's he's a guy at the back end. Of the D. He's always talking, and that's what you need. You need a guy who's always talking. And I think sometimes there are guys on the team that didn't always accept him talking the way he did. He was he was pretty demonstrative when it came to expressing, you know, when they miss assignments and stuff. But he's not a bad guy in any oh, way. He's a great okay. guy. Yeah, I mean, like I meant like if you have young guys on your team, is he going to derail them guys from getting nah. better? Okay, okay. So that's what I mean. I I would I would keep him on my team if I could. I think he'd be fine, and, and anytime, unless he loses his athleticism, or I see him day in and day out, and I know that he's lost a step, I'm, I'm like keeping him on my team. I, I need a guy like that to dive to the basket and block shots and rebound. Yeah, I don't think they give him away uh, either. I think they'll keep if they don't get something real back uh, in return. Let me ask you, Scal, about Doc Rivers and you know his future with the team. Um, you know, Doc has made it clear that the situation in LA is not like what it was in Boston. Boston. He won a championship. He didn't want to rebuild after winning one. They have not won a championship yet in L.A., and that, he says, you know, motivates him to stick around and be there. You've you know, played for Doc. You've yeah. covered Doc. I mean, do you, do you buy that? Do you buy would, the thing? I think Doc loves coaching. I think in does. L.A., though. I, I think he loves coaching, but does he love coaching a I mean, situation like mean L.A.? The, uh, the rebuild? Yes. The Clippers? Yeah. I mean, I, like, I got no information of why he would want to not go through that. You know, like, I, he's, unless there was, like, so, I mean, if there was another job that opened up where he thought he could win a championship, I could see him doing something like that. Like, this is the better situation to go and win. But as of right now, I'm looking at him saying, like, if there's no other, I don't know what jobs are going to be available or if he would want to get out of his contract and do the whole first-round thing like they did in Boston. If you're looking at, I, I see. I see. They they got to fire him if they don't want him there. I just think I feel like he would want to coach, be in L.A. and and go through this process. Mm-hmm. Some good living in L.A. So I think that he enjoys that. I think he enjoys the life there. I'd um, keep an eye on the Knicks job though. I think if that opens up, I think there could be some interest there. I've heard some rumblings of that. You think he'll do that because he was a Nick? Well, I, I think it's an appealing job. Um, with, with Porzingis, the centerpiece, and then another high draft pick they're going to have this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, go back to the East Coast. I think that's, I think that's, I think that's sure. possible. I think sure. That's, I, I, I and and, and that. I, I think that this season, you know, with this sort of underdog team that he sort of has in the playoff hunt, I think people are starting to appreciate just the value he has as a coach. Yeah. I mean, because I think, you know, the fact that they weren't able to get over the hump, they weren't able to get past the second round, that was sort of being held against them. But I think, People see now that, you know, this is a guy, the players that he's throwing out there right now and the fact that they're winning games with them uh, says a lot about, you know, his acumen and just what he can get done as a coach. So I think that he's actually increasing his value this year by coaching an inferior team because he's showing that he can win whatever you give him. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think Doc would want to coach the Cavs. You know what I mean? Like, to to coach, to watch 
the way that that team is playing. But when I watch them coach the Clippers, and I watch how hard they play, even they're not – I didn't think Blake Griffin has played hard at times this season. But if, I, I think that they're a hard-playing team. I don't think he had the problem coaching them. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, fellas, appreciate Any you. Any more sticking. advertisements? No, we're good. <laughs> no, no more reads. Um, I, I will make sure you get a mattress. Mike will uh, – if you want to buy a new house somewhere, I'll see if we, All right. I'll see I'll what do I can that. do about lowering your interest now. rate. I'm I think in we can. Now. I, I have my. Did we get burned down with the, like all the burning down of stuff? No, nothing burned down as long as uh, you know people aren't eating. That awning that people jumps outside Mike's house. Eat, eating like, horse poop right in front of me. <laughs> right, right there, <laughs> fellas. Appreciate it. We'll uh, reconvene after the deadline, I guess. Champs, good seeing you, bud. Yeah, Shams. Shams, buddy. Nice. Appreciate that. Hey, thanks good. for uh, thanks for stopping by. Fist bump. All right. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.